to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. So as we're sitting here, Dar, I'm getting notifications on my phone, which is your favorite thing, right? Oh, yes. It's just dinging all the time. So I have 15 social media notifications, uh-huh. but I also have notifications from Amazon because pretty much I order everything. So Seriously? I'm, I don't know if you know that literally everything is available on Amazon, but on my phone screen right now, I have notifications of my dog food, my toothpaste, my trash bags, and sticker books for my son oh all my. at my doorstep today. Delivered via Amazon. So you have a pile at the front door. Yes, but I didn't have to go get it. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty amazing. But but I go get it. I I love Costco. If we're talking about shopping, I love Costco. I mean, I love buying my trash bags in quantities of 4,000. <laughs> I love paper towels that come, you know, I, I can have them for two months and never run out. See, my thing with Costco, I I really do love going to Costco, but then I walk out the door with things I definitely don't need. And it's not like an extra $7 purchase like you have at Target, but it's like an extra $70 purchase because everything is in bulk and you get a year's supply of it. So that's the danger for Costco for me. It is. And who needs a 14 gallon jar of mayonnaise? Just somebody? (laughs) <laughs> well, that makes for a really big potato salad. It does. So, uh, I don't know if we said, I'm Darlene Brock. Costco. Costco lover. <laughs> and I'm Julie Graham, Amazon Prime connoisseur. Welcome back to This Grit and Grace Life. We are so excited this week to bring a special guest back, Dr. Zoe Shaw. Now, this lady is a licensed psychotherapist with multiple degrees and uh, does a lot of life coaching, the, the kind that we need when there's no place else that we can go. So not only is she a counselor, she is also a mother of five four at home, one with special needs, and a wife of more than 20 years, which is impressive in its own right. So we are so excited to have Dr. Zoe back. Welcome, Dr. Zoe. Hey, Zoe. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. I so enjoyed our last conversation, and I'm excited that you guys had me back today. Well, I know I personally went home and applied all of the things you taught us in our last session, so I'm super excited to get all filled up today from my new therapist on all the advice she's going to be giving us for living a grit and grace life. Okay, but I have a question for you, Julie. Has Uh life completely turned around? Oh, yes. I'm like a whole new woman. I mean, I'm about to start singing Jasmine's Whole New World. Okay, go. Uh, No, please don't. (laughs) All right. But anyway, thank you for that, Dr. Zoe. So today we'd love to take our discussion in a different direction. The first time you joined us, we had you share some tips and advice from a therapist. We talked about when you need to pursue therapy and the different kinds of issues you might be facing that could or should land you on a therapist's couch. You talked about some of the most common issues that you find women come to you. And we even talked a little bit about issues that couples are facing when they visit you. But today we'd love to talk a little bit more about that most important relationship in your life. And that's the relationship you have with yourself. So I know you mentioned it, but remind me, how many years have you been practicing Zoe? It's I believe 16 now. Yeah. You've lost count. (laughs) 
like that, yes. <laughs> so in 16 years of um, working with women, um, you've probably come across some common issues that women struggle with and um, need eventually to reach out to get some additional help um, and, and counseling and therapy. And, and so we want to just tackle some of those things that you see common among the women who come to visit you. So what are some, some top line issues that you see um, your your, what do I call them? Clients. What are some of the top issues you're seeing your clients come to you for? Well, I tend to see that some of the issues cluster around seasons and mm-hmm. our lives. Um, I would say that women in their twenties and thirties, they tend to, you know, they're in that season of kind of starting off their careers, starting off relationships or trying to get into relationships. And so a lot of the issues that I see are sometimes dating issues, choosing a mate, self-esteem is very Mm -hmm. big, Mm -hmm. developing a voice, learning how to stand up for yourself, how to speak when you're, when there's an issue and, you know, a friendship or work issue. Um, and then also there's separation of family of origin issues as well. Sometimes it's physical and then sometimes it's just emotional. Hmm. Wow. It's, I'm like nodding my head going, yes, yes, yes. And And since I am 112, I've probably gone through all of the seasons of life. That's, that's interesting. Well, and then you've watched your daughters go through them. I have. So you have like double proof that, that these are the real things that women are facing. Yeah. You haven't gone through all the seasons, Darlene. You're oh. still, you still have a few more to go. There's <laughs> okay, at least good. two more. You've gone, through, you've gone through a few, and that and that's where wisdom gets developed, right? That's exactly right. Yep. The, oh, she the... is a smooth talker. Oh, she's good. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, so so I my ears perked up on the um, self-worth issues, um, and then really that family of origin, that separation uh, physically and emotionally. What are some practical areas? that, um, or ways that maybe some, someone in that season of adjustment and transition, um, would find some help maybe tackling that family of origin separation one first. Well, you know, I talk a lot in terms of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and it's important to recognize that we talk to ourselves more than we speak to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. And we talk to ourselves more than we, than anybody else talks to us. And so the words that we say to ourselves are so important. And many people go about their lives not even recognizing the conversations you're having with yourself. And a lot of them stem from our childhood. So, you know, our parents talk to us, we develop our own internal voice. And as time goes on, we leave physically our parents' house, but we sometimes carry those voices with us. And so when I'm talking about separating on that level, it's really understanding what are those voices? What are the positive ones? What are the negative ones that we carry with us? And how can we work on reframing and changing those negative voices that don't serve us and, you know, aren't even a part of our daily life anymore that we've taken with us? So that's kind of one aspect of it. Oh, I'm amazed by that. And it is so, I, I can attest, it is so true. What was said to me growing up is what I would have said to myself. And again, positive and negative. And it's realigning those. That, that's an excellent. Okay, so that, that to me would lead to the self-worth issues, would it not? Would that not impact that, Dr. Zoe? Without a doubt, it impacts it. And, you know, I, I feel for women in their 20s and 30s because it's so much harder these days. It really is. If we look at our self-esteem and where we develop our self-worth and our social media is such a 
big aspect of our lives. Even in dating, dating relationships, they start now and they end with social media. Mm -hmm. And it's so much different than they did before. And the comparison issues and everything regarding that and the ease with which um, relationships can kind of start, if that makes sense, or the, it, it's such a different, um, what's the word? It's, it's not just modality, but it's, it's, it's just so different today. I was say, and it's almost like a different culture even. It is a different culture and women struggle a lot with that. And so that is a big issue. And late teens, even coming into the twenties and thirties, as you're trying to really develop a self, not comparing yourself to those people, you know, on the social media. Well, and when you, as a young woman, post things, everyone has an opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have an opinion about what you did, didn't do, should, shouldn't have, and talk about just getting your self-esteem unearthed. Mm-hmm. To me, that that avenue can totally do that. As you were mentioning before about the family of origin and what what was said to you as a child, I couldn't help but keep thinking in my own mind, because of course, obviously I'm thinking about my own upbringing and I um, actually wasn't raised by my parents. I don't know if you know that about me. And so some of my self-worth issues actually came from the things that were never said to me because of the lack of parental support that I had. And um, as a 30 something year old woman now, I'm just um, in my own counseling sessions learning, um, you know, the impact that that has had on me and how that, um, fed into my own, you know, picture and view of myself. And so that's a whole nother element. Do you see, um, women coming to, to you to work through those kinds of issues? Absolutely. And when you said that, the first thing that comes to me is the story. So it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily just the words, Mm -hmm. but the stories that you created about who you are Mm -hmm. and what you mean, your value based on not being raised by your parents. Mm -hmm. And so you might've created stories that weren't necessarily healthy, right? About Mm -hmm. your, about yourself. And so you have to work on uncreating, you know, creating new stories Mm -hmm. that are really based more in reality because we all know, of course, you are valuable. So yeah, I definitely see that with, with women. So what's some, some maybe practical exercises you might share with someone? you know, like myself or, um, just anyone who's recognizing, okay, I hear what you're saying. I've got some stories I need to recreate and write over. How do I begin that process? Step one is figuring out what those stories are to begin with and to figure out what those words are that you tell yourself. So you need to get a piece of paper or write it down on your phone. When you start to feel disappointed, when you start to feel angry, frustrated, sad, you start to talk to yourself. And you need to pay attention to it because like I said before, most people aren't aware of what they're saying to themselves. So you actually have to ask yourself, what did I just say? Mm -hmm. Did I just say that I always mess up? Did I just say that I don't deserve this? Did I just say to myself that things never work out for me? So start to pay attention to the words that you say yourself and write them down. That's the first step. And then go to your therapist or work yourself on looking at that list of things that you tend to say to yourself that are negative and start to look at things that actually um, contradict that. So Mm -hmm. is it really true that I always mess up? Let me think of some times that I haven't messed up, that I actually got it right. So you want to start to recognize that those things that you tell yourselves are actually lies because Mm -hmm. they're not absolute. And so when you can recognize that they're lies and you can start to create words and phrases and stories that are more accurate and more encouraging and uplifting. I love that. And and really speaking to yourself, because 
you take things from other people or influence or effects of things in your life and internalize them. But to be able to change that paradigm and say, I want to know me and like me and mm-hmm. uh, believe in the positive things in me. And th- this is not, to me, this is not uh, thinking I'm all that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> I kind of am okay. And it's pretty great. No, you're pretty awesome. Everybody is. Everybody has what I like to call, you know, every woman has a superpower. We all have our unique talents and gifts that are really only ours. And so, yeah, it's okay to find that, honor that, and be proud of it. You're speaking our language, Mm -hmm. Dr. Zoe. We (laughs) love that. All right. What's something else that you have noticed in your practice that is pretty common that you, you tend to see a lot of women struggling with that come to get some help from you? Well, I would say in those, those middle years, those kind of 30 to forties, when women are what I call in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you might've started a marriage, you've got kids, you're, you know, going in your career or work or really deep at home, you know, managing the household and women tend to feel like, you know, a couple years go by and they wake up and go, who am I and what happened? Mm -hmm. And I remember those things that I was really passionate about and I lost them. And so there's a sense of a feeling of loss of self Mm -hmm. and, um, sometimes some depression and anxiety anxiety can, uh, be a part of that. So that's sometimes a big issue that I see, you know, women coming in and sometimes they're not quite aware that that's really what the issue is. Mm -hmm. So they might come in just saying, you know, I think I'm having panic attacks or I'm feeling really depressed and I don't know why. And so sometimes we kind of flesh that out and figure out that those are the types of thoughts and things that are going on with them. Well, and I can remember in those years, I I say laughingly, but probably true, the only time I sat down was at my desk. The only time I laid down is when I collapsed in bed from my day. Other than that, I was building businesses, so I was running and gunning. I don't even know if I would have sorted through the energy to go, why do I feel the way I feel? I would just tend to keep going, and that's probably not good because at some point we need to stop and reassess where we are. Is that true? That's absolutely true. And like you said, sometimes you're so go, go, go that you don't even notice, or you don't even have the space to, to really look back and reflect. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you are in that space and you're doing that so much, your body starts to talk to you and you start Mm -hmm. to have issues. And so you might get to that point where you're feeling those kinds of things and you don't really know why, and you have to take a step back and look at it. Okay. Guilty as charged. There were two Christmases I absolutely loved, but that was because I was sick the entire time and couldn't do anything. <laughs> you forced to rest and enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're not looking for no, that, are it's we? Not, I'm not <laughs> recommending that to any ladies that are listening. That is not wisdom speaking. <laughs> That's when you're saying, don't do what I did. Exactly. Yes. So what else would you say, Dr. Zoe, in that middle group? I know you said self-esteem was an issue in the younger age, but I'm surprised at how it seems to stay with us through our 30s and 40s and sometimes even later. Do you think that has to do with that presence of social media? Do you think that's part of the reason or... Well, I think some of it is just humanity in general. I think social media has magnified it. 
Um, but I wouldn't say that it's only because of social media. I think, you know, it's our culture, um, aside from social media and then just humans, uh, you know, in general, we tend to compare ourselves mm-hmm. and when we compare ourselves, we generally, you know, kind of feel that we come up short because we're only seeing the outside of somebody else's existence or life or things mm-hmm. that they say. And it does, um, stick with us to some extent. I find though that, you know, women's in their women in their forties and fifties tend to have a different kind of awakening. Um, the self-esteem issue is still there. Um, although they do tend to have a slightly higher self-esteem in terms of self, in terms of their physical self. But then there's some other doubts that tend to start creeping up regarding aging and feeling insecure maybe about the future, about their place in the world. So it just kind of shifts a little bit, I would say. Interesting. That is interesting. Are you experiencing those things, Dar? Um, I I honestly think you do experience the, all right, that that knee used to be two inches higher (laughs) and the wrinkles did not used to be there. And you do kind of go through, my word, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. And who am I? Today, but you know, I don't know if y'all know. I have a. I don't say age. I say this is. I am this model year. I am Darlene <laughs> Brock, twenty seventeen, because I am simply this year's version of who I am. A little bit older, a little bit more, you know, worn out, probably Dr. Zoe, physically. What does that mean? Can uh, what you, does that can mean? You diagnose her. <laughs> what does that mean about her that she's not willing to say her age? Oh no, I think I'm age kidding. is fine. Spoken but... like a true thirty something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I think it does change and and what's important to you changes. And mm-hmm. also, I think in these ages, if you've raised children, they're becoming more independent. Your mom need is changing or their need of a mom is changing or your career, maybe you've pursued it or maybe you haven't and now you want to pursue one. I think in there is a season where you go through who am I now and what does that look like for the next 20 years? I've just gone through the last 15 or 20. What's mm-hmm. the next season look like? Exactly. And I think, I think that's where the, the self-esteem issue comes in is more of who am I now and what am I to do now? Because a lot of times that self-esteem was really, um, or actually just the sense of self was really grounded in, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a nurturer, this is what I am. And then as your children start to need you less and less, those questions do come up. So what is my place in the world? What is it that I have to give to the world? How do I rediscover my gifts and my passions again? So what's some practical advice you find yourself giving to your clients that are facing those issues? I'm going to put them in my bullet journal and keep them forever until I need them. (laughs) And you will one day. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, there's a couple. One is I always try to take them back to what were the things that you really loved doing that you lost time when you did them, uh, maybe before you had kids or when you were younger, and really encourage them to start rediscovering that. Another one, and this is kind of a big one because, and when we talk about self-esteem issues, there's still that, you know, we have our, our social circle, we have our family, we have people who have their opinions, right? And I ask if no one had an opinion, if nobody knew, or if everyone, you know, thought it was amazing, what things would you do? Oh, I love that. A lot of times there's this idea of, well, you know, I really... I'm really curious about this, or I really want to do this, but I'm worried that what somebody, you know, might not approve or what people are going to say. And this applies to all facets, all seasons of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, think about a woman in her twenties who's been engaged and, you know, getting ready to get married. And she starts to have those 
that realization that I think this isn't right. I think this might be a mistake. Asking those questions, if nobody else knew, if nobody else could chime in on this, mm-hmm. what mis- what decision would you make? Because that's the answer. And a lot of times it's hard. And then, and then you just have to deal with the hard part of doing it. Mm-hmm. But finding that answer, finding those things, you really have to try to, to weed that part out. No, I think that's wonderful. And, you know, I, my... My book, Help Wanted, that I wrote, when I started it, I thought, I don't have any idea why in the world I think I could do this, because it's the (laughs) stupidest idea I've ever had. Um, And what am I thinking, stepping out and starting this project? But I was so passionate about it. I went, what the heck? I'm going to write it. I'm going to have my best friend who will tell me the truth, but not do anything other than just tell me the truth, read it first before I tell anyone else in the world. And I am so glad I just stepped out and did it because I accomplished something I never thought I could. And I would encourage every other woman who is Mm -hmm. saying, what can I do? Go for it. I mean, absolutely go for it because you never know what you're capable of, especially in that season when you're looking at the next step. You'll be you'll surprise yourself. I love that. I love that. And really, you know, that is, is often a big issue is fear. And that applies to everything when you're talking about fear and relationships, about being authentic, you know, really expressing who you are. There's that fear that if I express who I am, if I put this part of myself out into the world, people will reject me. And yeah, it's really working on conquering that fear. Okay. Well, I feel prepared to face my forties and fifties. So thank you for that. But is there anything else as a licensed therapist that you think, um, you know, you see a lot of, and you want to make sure you address for the ladies who are listening today? Yeah. I think another big issue through all facets of life is people tend to come in to see me during life transitions. So, you know, things have changed significantly in their life. So it's, uh, you know, birth, death, change in work. Um, and also when you look at life transitions and relationships, there's often a renegotiation that has to happen. Mm -hmm. And one or the other tends to feel like, wait, I didn't, you know, sign up for this and now you're changing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I would say it's those life transitions. And then also with those life transitions, sometimes comes about grief and whether you're grieving uh, unattained loss or grieving whatever it is that you have lost in that transition, those are issues that tend to come up. Those are excellent. We talk about that at the Grit and Grace Project about, you know, grieving what should have been. I think we all experience that at different points in life. And I appreciate that, Dr. Zoe. I think about when you and I first met, Dar, you um, were sharing your heart and your vision behind wanting to start the Grit and Grace Project was because you'd had this realization, which I had never considered, um, which is what exactly uh, Dr. Zoe just said, is that women experience lots and lots of life transitions. And you and I just even started brainstorming the different transitions and seasons that women go through and how um, th- we literally experience more than men often do. Um, and just the idea that we're going to face those transitions. And often, um, if not just the majority of the time, we're going to need some help processing those bridges into the next season of life. And so my hope is that as you've listened to this episode today, you um, you understand and you're taking 
taking away the fact that the transitions and seasons of life that you experience are not meant to be traveled alone. And so there's absolutely nothing wrong with, um, you know, having those close friends who can walk through you through those difficulties. And there's absolutely no shame in getting some outside help and seeking out a therapist who can help you through some of these difficult things. And, um, whether you are in your twenties and maybe starting that new career or, um, you know, moving into a serious relationship or marriage or first time mom. And as you age into your thirties and forties and rediscovering yourself or pursuing your passions for the first time, these are all really, really big things and that there's, um, there's help to be found in being honest about the struggles you experience along the way that that doesn't mean you're not strong. Um, but that you can tap into the grit and grace of reaching out to women who have gone before you or who have some of the tools and resources that can help you. So thank you so much, Zoe, for spending your time, um, helping us, advising us, giving your wisdom and insight. I literally am taking so many notes away from our time. I can attest. (laughs) You're welcome. And thank you for having me. And that was so beautifully put, Julie. That was just wonderful. Well, thank you. Well, that feels extra special coming from someone of your your stature. (laughs) So we're going to make sure to list in the show notes some of the um, articles that we have at the Grit and Grace Project that speaks to some of the issues we've discussed. But we're definitely going to link over to your site, Zoe, because I know you talk more specifically about the struggles and issues and um, life seasons that you can specifically uh, count women on. And I I know that there's probably a woman listening today who would benefit from reaching out to you, um, for you to coach her or to, um, to counsel her as a therapist. And I love that you actually, you you are able to, to do that remotely, right? That's part of your practice. Absolutely. Yes. I, I counsel and, uh, provide life coaching and therapy virtually. Wow. That is awesome. The world we're in. Now that's the great side of that world. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) as you uh, finish up this episode, we want to thank you for listening today. And I just want to encourage you one takeaway I'm taking from this episode and you might want to do as well is, um, to be willing to ask yourself that question, what would I be doing today? Or how would I do things differently today? If I didn't care about somebody else's opinion. That's a good one. That is a question I want to give you the freedom to ask yourself. So thanks for hanging with us this week, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.